revealed your name to the men you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that all things you have given me are from you, because the words that you gave me I have given them. They have received them and have known for certain that I come from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who you have given me, because they are yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine. I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that, that you have given me. I guard them, and not one of them is lost, except the son of destruction, so this scripture may be fulfilled. Now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. I have given them your word. The world has hated them because they are not of this world. I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them out. I also sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them, so they also may be sanctified by the truth. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their message, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us, so that the world may believe you have sent me. I have given glory, I have given them the glory you have given me. May they be one as we are one. I am in them and you in me. May they be may they may they be made completely one, so that the world may know you have sent me, and I have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire those you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my glory which you have given me, because you have loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and these I have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, and I will make it known, so the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I and I may be in them. There's a lot of love in that passage. He's, you know, in that passage there, he's talking, he's praying for himself. He's also praying for his disciples. And he's also praying for the believers that are going to come as a result of, of, those, of his message, so this, the message the disciples are going to give about him. Now, I want you to think for a minute about your own fathers or the person you considered to be that father figure growing up. Now, when you think back, what feelings or memories stick out the most? You know, what seems to be, what kind of feelings seem to be stirred up? Maybe for some of you, those feelings will be feelings of joy. You had good memories of your father. Um, maybe just thankfulness. Thankful that he did, he worked hard, and, and he, you know, he just was there for you guys. Maybe there's, you know, when you think back, maybe there's a feeling of sadness. Or maybe there's, you know, for some of you, there's a feeling of anger. You know, we've all had different fathers. We've all had different experiences. But as men, as fathers, you know, they all grew up differently. They all have unique personalities, experiences. They all have emotional issues. Now, as for myself, I grew up with a father that wasn't really involved in my life. Um, 
he never really spent time with me and he never really, he was too involved with either work or too involved with his own personal stuff that he, that he had. And, and I yearned for that. It was something that I deeply wanted growing up. And it was really confusing for me as I, as a kid, as a teenager growing up because I never really had a male, positive male role model. My dad was there in the house, but, you know, he just, again, he had his own issues. So, as an adult now, as a father of, of, and I have kids of my own, I know the demands of life. I know that um, it's hard to balance family. I know that it's hard to balance work. And, you know, but we, but I know that we try the best we can as fathers, we try the best, you know, that, we, that we're capable of handling and, and, and we only know from our own experiences. Like, I didn't have a good experiences as a father, so now that I have my kids of my own, I'm basically learning from scratch and I'm learning and trying to get positive male role models. I have men I look up to and, and talk to as far as, hey, how should I handle this or how should I do this? Um, it is. It is challenging handling everything. And, and I remember hearing a song as a young man. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard it, but it, de it deeply impacted me. And in a way, it still does. It's, it's called uh, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. And I want to read you a few lines just so that you have an idea if you've never heard it. The song starts off by saying, My child arrived just, in, just the other day. He came, he came to the world the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking, for I knew it. And he grew, and as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. I know I'm going to be like you. Later on in the song, as he's talking about his son, he says, my son just turned 10 the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me how to throw? I said, not today, I've got a lot to do, he said. He said, that's okay, and he walked away. But his smile never dimmed and said, I'm gonna be like him. Yeah, I know I'm gonna be like him. And at the end of the song, as he's reflecting that the son's moved away and he's on his own and he's, you know, and the dad's now reflecting on, on, on his life. He says at the end of the song, I've long since retired, my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I love to, I love to Dad, if I can find the time. You see my new job, hassles, and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure nice talking to you. As I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. Now, I mention it because, again, it, it says a lot about it reminds me a lot about my relationship with my dad. You know, and I told myself as I heard it and as the tears were rolling down my eyes that I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to be like that with my own son, my own kids. You know, and at this point, you know, I, I hope and pray that, you know, time will tell. You know, I hope and pray that, you know, that I'll leave a positive impact on them and that, you know, that will, they'll be able to spend time with me when I become like a snowman, you know. Um, but time will tell. I don't know. You know, we talk about, sometimes we talk about like 
going to wrestling shows like, you know, when I'm an old man and, you know, um, we'll see. I don't know, but, you know, at this point, um, you know, we're st they're still young and, and I still, I think there's still time. I think there's still time to, uh, even if I haven't, you know, I, I think there's still time to, to make up for that. Now, if your father, if your father here today with young kids and teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if, you know, uh, if you're a son here and you've moved away, you know, there's still time and opportunity to restore that relationship you have with your father. It's never too late. So whether you have a great father or a horrible one, I want you to be assured that the, that this very moment you do have a heaven, you do have a father who is like no other. And that's what I've titled my message this morning: is that we have a father like no other. You see, as a father in heaven, we have a father in heaven who's far more superior than any father or father figure we've ever had. As a Christian, you can call him father because he has made you his sons and daughters when you accepted Christ into your life. We call him Father because of the fatherly attributes he possesses. These fatherly attributes are perfect and the example that men should look to if they're fathers already or if they one day plan to be fathers. Now, God has many attributes. He has, I mean, theologians and, and scholars will debate about, you know, those attributes. And what I'm going to be sharing, what I'm going to be doing uh, today is sharing three communicable attributes that make God a father like no other. My hope, again, is that regardless of who you've had as a father growing up, God is so much greater and so much more amazing. Now, what do I mean by communicable attributes? And let me define that for just a second. God has two kinds of attributes. He has incommunicable attributes and communicable attributes. Now, for the purposes today, I want to explain what I mean by communicable attributes. These, God's communicable attributes are attributes that God shares or communicates with us. These are attributes that, that, we, can, he, that we can relate to him about. So, for instance, a communicable attribute that God shares with us would be freedom. Meaning that, like us, God's, God's freedom is that, attribute, is that attribute of God whereby he does whatever he pleases. However, there are, I think there are three most commonly agreed. With, these, you know, with this debate going on uh, with scholars about the, the amount of attributes, there are three that are commonly agreed that make God a father like no other. God's wisdom, God's love, and God's mercy. I want to talk for a minute about God's fatherly attribute of wisdom. And again, what does that mean? We have a father in heaven that always chooses the best goals and the best means to those goals. Or in other words, God knows how to get from point A to point B and the best way to get there. In Romans 11, Paul praises the wisdom of God the following way. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. For who has known the mind, the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has ever given him, and who, who, are, who I'm sorry, or who has ever first given to him and has to be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. You see, from the first verse of Genesis to the last verse of Revelation, God's wisdom is declared and demonstrated time and time again. 
God knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. Now, we don't have a father in heaven trying to figure things out, trying to, you know, trying to see if you made the right choices, right decisions. And he certainly hasn't abandoned us. He certainly hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned humanity to try to and left us to try to figure things out on our own. We have a father in heaven who desires to impart his infinite wisdom on us and be with us to guide us in every moment of our lives until we take our final breath in this earth. You have a father like no other because you can, you can come to him every single day. You find and find comfort in knowing that you are his child. You can find comfort in knowing that all things work together for the good, good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. And you can also find comfort in knowing that he is molding you and shaping you into the image of Christ. See, Christ died on the cross to restore that broken relationship with God. Once restored, you can come as a child to God to seek advice and wisdom, the advice and wisdom you need whenever you're at a crossroad in life. And God will guide you according to his will and purpose. Now the next fatherly attribute I want to talk about is God's attribute of mercy. We have a father in heaven who's good towards those who's to, towards those in misery and distress. And maybe that's where you find yourself at right now. When speaking about God's mercy, David said this in Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all, and he ha all, over all that He has made. The mercy of God means that even in your most difficult circumstances, you can have the assurance that God will give you the comfort you seek. The mercy of God also means that when you tremendously fail, when you just fall straight on your butt, and I know this because I've fallen so many times, and for 10 years, I remember I gave my life when I was 20 years old. And when I was 25, I joined the Marine Corps. And then for 10 years after that, I mean, it was just a mess. I became an alcoholic. I mean, I, you know, I just did a lot of horrible things, things I completely regret, but I fell. And I know when I came back to the Lord, when I was restored and that relationship with my Heavenly Father was restored, I knew that I can come before Him and that He was going to be merciful. He is a merciful God. God can graciously forgive you even if you, if you have a, tr a true repentant heart. Here's a good story that illustrates how the mercy of God is accomplished. A mother once approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. The emperor replied that the young man had committed a certain offense twice, and justice demanded death. But I don't ask for justice, the mother explained. I plead for mercy. But your son does not deserve mercy, Napoleon replied. Sir, the woman cried, it would not be mercy if he deserved it, and mercy is all I ask for. Well then, the emperor said, I will have mercy, and he spared the woman's son. God is merciful to us not because we deserve it, God is merciful because of his grace and his compassion towards those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
You have a father like no other because God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in our trespasses. We are, you are saved by grace. In God, we have a compassionate father who desires to embrace you, whisper into your ear, I love you, I forgive you, my son, my daughter. And, and that, again, that image there is what helps me when I mess up and I come to him broken and I come to him just completely sorrowful. I know that he will embrace me and, and hold me in his arms and whisper in my ear, Angel, I know. I know and, and I forgive you and I love you. Now the last attribute I want to mention was God's fatherly attribute of love. The last, <clears throat> the last attribute of God is what makes him a father like no other. That makes him a father like no other is his love for us. We have a Father in heaven who eternally gives himself to others. This attribute shows us that God's nature to give of himself in order to bring about blessings. Sorry, this attribute shows us that God's nature to give of himself in order to bring about the blessing or good for others. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul had to say about God's love. God's love was revealed among, among us in this way. God sent his, only, his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Love consists in this way, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. The love of God is boundless and immeasurable. So much, so much that, he's willing, that he was willing to send his own son to die for us. And I'm sure you guys are familiar with this passage. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish and have eternal life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have a father like no other because of his eternal love for you. Again, listen to what the Apostle Paul definitively believed about the love God has for his children. He says in Romans 8, For I am persuaded that not even death or life or rulers, things present, things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You have a father in heaven who wants to adopt you and make you into one of his own children. And he wants to do that in order to comfort and embrace you when you feel alone and unwanted. God wants to shower you with his love and affection when you feel that nobody loves you. The love of God has for you does make him a father like no other. Now, I have, I have no idea how you grew up, or what kind of father you had. Again, I mentioned a little bit about my father, but there's just so much more. And at this point in my life, I, you know, I'm a pretty transparent person, and you know, I'm willing to share you know, the good experiences, the bad experiences I had with my father. But there may be some of you who really had great fathers. And again, I, you know, I, I don't knock them. I mean, I think having a great father is what we all strive for as men. 
and they showed their love to you. They showered you with love and affection. But there may be some of you who had really awful fathers, really bad examples, or maybe, maybe someone that you consider to be a father just really disappointed you and really brought you down. Or maybe there's someone you just didn't even know your father. But regardless, regardless of what the situation is, my hope as I prepare this message is that you'll understand that regardless of what your earthly father was, God has these amazing attributes. God has these fatherly attributes that he wants to impart in you. And again, just to review, those attributes are that of wisdom, mercy, and love. And those attributes make him a father like no other. If you've been looking for a father to obtain wisdom, you can sit at your father's feet. You can, fit at, you can sit at God's feet and ask him for advice. If you've been looking for a father to obtain wisdom or mercy, you can sit on God's lap and, and find the comfort and forgiveness that he offers. If you've been looking for the, for, <clears throat> if, you, if what you've been looking for is unmerited and unconditional love of a father, you can run into God's arms and receive the love you've been searching for. I know that, again, speaking in my own personal life, when I came back to the Lord, it's, it's everything that I've asked for. My whole life I was looking for someone to give me wise advice. So, and, and I was able to find it in God's Word. And as I mentioned earlier, the mercy of God. I've done so many horrible things, so many horrible things that I just, you know, I wish I could just block them out of my mind. But again, I've obtained, I know that I've obtained that mercy. I've been completely forgiven and that he just loves me unconditionally. And again, I was able to receive God's love. I know that without a doubt, God loves me and, and I love him. After all he's done for me, after all he's done in my family's life, there is no doubt that God completely loves me. And, and he feels the same way about you. He wants to give you that wisdom. He wants to give you that mercy, and he wants to give you that love. But it's just a matter of surrendering yourself. It's just a matter of giving yourself over to him. And the only way, and it, it all starts off by, by just completely bowing down and kneeling at the cross and understanding your condition. Now, I'm sure all you guys have heard this before, but... We've all sinned. You know, we've all fallen short. We've all messed up. We've all done some really horrible things. But God wants to shape you. God wants to transform you. God wants to just embrace you. And it's just, again, a matter of understanding your condition and seeing that God has given us a way to restore that broken relationship with Him. And that broken relationship is restored through the blood of Jesus. Now here, I mean, it's here in this church, I mean, it's my hope and prayer is that we'll come out of here with a better understanding 
of who Christ is and what he's done for us. On this special Father's Day message, as in the special Father's Day, yes, we have to go out and thank our fathers and, and just call them up or send them a text and, you know, just say thank you. But we, I think we should also consider our Heavenly Father. We should also consider who we have as a God and how powerful He is and that He's all-knowing. He knows, again, exactly what He's doing. He's... We may not understand it at this particular time, but everything He does and everything that, that has happened has happened for a reason. And whether, it, whether you will understand it now or it comes to an understanding later on, or it comes to a more clear understanding later on, the closer and the nearer you draw to God, the more you can see it. I know because I've experienced it. And I've dealt with a lot. You know, and I, I hope that you'll have the patience, you'll have the understanding that we have an amazing Father in heaven who wants to shower you. He wants to just show you some amazing things. Now, again, I don't know um, who here has that heart and who has accepted Jesus as their Savior. But again, the only way you can have that relationship with God is through Him. So I'm going to close this out with prayer right now. And, and, and if you haven't, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm just going to give you an opportunity to accept Christ into your heart. And again, this has to be a sincerity. This has to be one of those things where you sincerely understand the sacrifice that God made for you to, for him, for you to be his son. So pray with me. Lord God, thank you again for this amazing, awesome day. Lord, this day couldn't have happened without you, Lord. And you just, again, glorify you, Lord. We ask that you be with us every single Sunday, Lord, that you be with us as we continue to grow, as we continue to preach your word, as we continue just to glorify your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you are a great father, and you, and you are full of wisdom, you are full of mercy, and you are full of love. And we just ask right now, Lord God, that you pour your spirit upon this room again today, right now, Lord, so that those sitting here can understand that and see that. Now, if you're sitting here again and, and you've never accepted Christ, just pray this. Again, it's a simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I ask, Lord, Lord God, that that he fill me right now. That the Holy Spirit would just fill me with, with your love. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus to, to die on the cross for my sins. 
and I ask right now that you change me, that you show me, and that you open my eyes, Lord, to see you for, for who you truly are. Lord, thank you for giving me new life. Thank you for all you've done. Bless everyone here, Lord. May we just have a great time right now of just fellowship, of eating, of just hanging out, just talking, Lord. And as they make their way home, Lord, I make their way home, I pray that you protect them and watch over them. And Lord, I, I, again, I just want to thank you for all the fathers here, Lord. Use us, mold us, shape us. We pray these things in Jesus' name.